Have you have you gotten a chance to look at the new trailer for uh, Double Feature? Uh, of course, I've had a chance to look at the trailer. <laughs> I think, man, it was finally nice to get a little bit of a opening. Or, I mean, get a little bit of insight since this kind of the season's been so shrouded in mystery since we've heard about it now for what a year and a half, maybe maybe more than that now. I mean, it's been out there. Um, now, I believe that this trailer was like specific to the first half of Double Feature. Right. So it's just all Red red Tide, I think is red what the tide, first part's yeah. going to be called. Uh, I thought it looked awesome. I thought it looked actually scary. Um, I thought that it seemed to have like a lot. I mean, I just love weird people by the sea. <laughs> so it's so, the vibe I really d- dig. So. I mean, it's like sleepy Stephen King town, you know. I, I'm super excited. The vibe it's giving off. Wait, which is great because it also gave off uh, intense shining vibes, which longtime uh, listeners will yes. know. Uh, and I will mention this in our upcoming preview of Double Feature. As I've mentioned it on many podcast episodes before, The Shining is my all-time favorite, probably favorite movie to the point that I watch it every single year and just love that movie to hell. So, I mean, to get it, those vibes, is yeah, awesome. yeah, and and we know it'll be American. Oh, obviously, we're gonna like we can d- go into this in our preview episode for that show, but. Um, it just the hint of that type of um uh professional finishing on a story uh or a season a first half of a season compared to some of the stuff we've had to watch during stories i don't say have to had to watch i've enjoyed them but it's just it, you can already feel it's heavier and different and it's going to be much more robust well jam-packed cast right oh, so yes. many people coming back which is super exciting oh. plus macaulay culkin who who doesn't love macaulay culkin yeah. so it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to preview that some night later this week, maybe? Yeah, we'll do it this week. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. schedule that. Um, yeah, so listeners can uh, keep an ear out for that dropping later this week. I know. Shall we're, we talk feral? Yeah, let's, we're, we're going to be double podcasting this week and next week. And then we'll be back to yeah. But anyway, yes, feral. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story and the new anthology series American Horror Stories. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Houston. What's up, everyone? Hey, Tyler. How's it going? It's going well, man. It's a Sunday afternoon. This has been kind of our uh, timing schedule for a little bit letting American Horror Stories episodes marinate for a couple days before we kind of regroup and talk about them. It's been kind of fun because, you know, we always do American Horror Story immediately after the show airs, and it's that's always fun, too, because it's kind of fresh in our mind, and we mm-hmm. always have a cocktail or something, so it gets a little... <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it loosens us up a little bit. I feel like this this show we've approached differently, and in a way I've also found fun, which is kind of, you know, we've gotten... We get feedback from listeners about the episode before we actually talk about it, which has been kind of enjoyable. It has been nice, yeah. So, and they feel more included, too. You guys, you listeners, are in our conversations, which is um, oftentimes, yeah, like you're saying, we usually get the um, the follow-up to people after they've heard our uh, theories and whatnot. This time, we're, we've been able to work them into the conversation in the week we actually saw the show, not, like, retrospectively talking about it. Exactly. And that part's been really fun. Uh, and we've been felt so privileged for the group of folks who have joined us for the season of American Horror Stories. I think we only have one episode left after 
this week, which, man, that it's only a seven-episode season. I don't even know that we realized when we started this season how short yeah. it was. I went back and looked because you texted me that. Was it today or yesterday? Um, and I I was certain that there were a lot. And I, I went back and I read an article that said there were – Brian Murphy originally said there was going to be 16, but then I saw an article like this week that said this is the second to last one and next week it will be the last one. So <laughs> – Hey, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe that means they'll, you know, we'll have American Horror Stories, then we'll have American Horror Story, and maybe after the holidays, back in the new year, when we're just kind of, it's cold out, and we're all grumpy, sitting around after drop things a few more one and done. Yeah, maybe we'll get a new, another season of stories is already ready to go. So that'd be kind of awesome, if that is mm-hmm. the case. But it is a bummer that we only have one of these left, but yeah. we will be diving into Double Feature soon enough. Um, next I, week's episode is going to be called Game Over, I believe, and I've been told... I think Bryce back. emailed to let us know that he heard that we're going back to the murder We're going house back to the house. Like I, well. I saw that on Twitter and, and on Reddit, and I was like, oh, I mean, we'll see. Um, you and I are always happy to revisit, um, even if the storyline isn't the strongest, but that's just such a, it feels like home. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what we're going to do back there. If what we're pulling on some threads from Rubber, like, is, are we continuing on some things from Rubber Woman? Are we continuing on some things from the actual season of Murder House? Or is it going to be another independent story i, I did know. see somewhere that uh the cast for next week dylan mcdermott will be uh is listed kaya gerber's listed paris jackson is listed so we might see a mix of what we kind of thought we might see in the first two episodes of the season when people are at the murder house some of our old ghosts besides infantata yeah old meets new a little bit yeah which could be kind of fun well, anyway, Farrell. That's coming. Yeah, yeah. So that's coming next week. Before we dive into Farrell, which I am excited to talk to you about, a couple things I wanted to go over. Mm-hmm. First thing is, um, as always, we really appreciate it when you guys email us and join our kind of discussions on Facebook. As we talked about previously, it's been it's really fun to kind of have this community where everyone participates and we share theories and questions and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can always email us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail dot com. And you can always uh, join our little Facebook group at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this American Horror Story, where we talk about things in the threads there as well, or send us a message there, which is also great. Uh, I do want to say last week, we also launched kind of a new, um, a little new campaign thing where, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time and we always just kind of do it for fun. And we found a way to just kind of, um, you know, anyone who is interested in helping support the server costs for this series and for American Horror Story um, could do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash T-A-H-S, all capitals, and just donating like five bucks or, you know, whatever, um, buying us a virtual coffee, quote unquote, to kind of support the program. And I have to say, after last week, I'm really humbled to, you know, uh, of the of the love that we got shown. And it was so kind Aww. of everybody who went and and did that for us. So really appreciate it. You know, so many great listeners out there. And it's okay if you don't also, it's totally okay. But for those that did, we really appreciate it. And if you're still interested in doing it in the future, we'll kind of keep calling it out. It's buymeacoffee.com slash T-A-H-S. That's all capital T-A-H-T-A-H-S. Now, let's start talking Feral. Uh, a couple things in advance. Um, have you ever seen the Wrong Turn series? I totally have. I've seen all of them, and I also saw the reboot. <laughs> because I have not, but Stephen e- uh, emailed us, and he said that this is what that reminded him was. I was thinking more like Hills Have Eyes vibes, which is a movie I hadn't seen in a decade, there- but... Love yeah, that series it's, too. Yeah, it's similar. A wrong turn is more um, young people getting you know lost in the woods, taking a wrong turn, going camping, going somewhere. Um, eventually, it kind of becomes a parody of itself by wrong turn like six or seven, um, and then they just rebooted it recently. Um, so the first one starred um, Eliza Dushku, 
mm. and Jeremy Sisto and um, Emmanuel, the woman that was in the TV show Entourage. She played. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Like, Slur- very pretty. Or, yeah. Anyway. I, can't, I can never pronounce her last name. Yeah, exactly. It starts with a C. <laughs> anyway, they were all in it. And it was they were in another guy, and they were they got stalked by a cannibalistic family, essentially, which is kind of a major trope in a lot of movies, including you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Hills Have Eyes. Uh, anyway, eventually it just becomes like a slaughter um, by numbers type of a uh, of a of a uh, franchise. But the reboot um, is they kind of take a different angle, which is similar to this, which it's more of like a cannibal cult group of people that are living there with their own society and structure that are sort of left alone. And they're not the difference is in the reboot. um, Spoiler alert. um, They're not inherently evil uh, (laughs) in um, the reboot, but they it's miscommunications and they are murderous of course but anyway this one definitely gives off that type of a vibe and that along with some of the shots reminded me of the shining uh at the beginning especially yeah, i wrote that yeah. down too and i got a little blair witch in there with some of it too um but yes the credit anyway. sequence yeah wrong yeah turn. i think there's a little blair witch in there wrong turn that's so that's one a series i haven't seen but it's definitely on my list now i definitely got some shining vibes from the beginning we talked about the hills have i've uh, kind of a little bit of an homage there um even are you did you ever watch the show wayward pines or read the book pines that series i didn't know is it like that it's uh there's an element there kind of a sci-fi like evolved humans killing like cannibalistic killing other humans vibe too so there i mean there's a lot of source point being a lot of source material for kind of what this story Mm -hmm. was but it didn't spoiler alert from my point of view it didn't really dampen the story for me that that was the case and i'm excited to talk about it with you uh before we begin i wanted to run through our cast here because um we had a couple little uh fun surprises that i didn't really think about before we we started watching the episode that i really enjoyed Cody Fern as, you know, the weirdo uh, Park, Park Warden Stan Vogel, who got to use his Australian accent, which I thought was dope. Um, How? I, I, I thought he was doing the accent, and I looked up and I saw that he was he is Australian, and how awful of a fan am I that I did not know that <laughs> or remember it. But I thought it... I was going to say, do you yeah, think he turned it up it a little awesome. bit? It was... I it hope was, he did, and I thought it was amazing. And I have to say, <laughs> our Australian friends... Uh, Shout out to Amy and our Australian friends mm-hmm. who watch American Horror Stories who said that they loved, uh, at least Amy said yeah. she loved, when his, uh, when his accent came out. And so did I. I thought it was awesome. So that was great to see. Aaron Teviot back as Jay Gantz. Um, we remember him as Adam in Rubber Woman, who was like was one great. of our favorite little cameos. So getting him again was excellent. Also, I didn't know, have you watched any Schmigadoon? Because he plays Danny Bailey in Schmigadoon. I have not watched that yet, uh, but I, I plan to. Is it Apple Plus? Yes. Okay. Cool. Apple, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Tiffany DuPont, who played the wife, she is Allie from 911, so another, you know, Ryan mm-hmm. Murphy alumnus. Um, and just worth noting, I think this we, we heard this in an email, too, from uh, one of our fans that she, her name was Addie, like Adelaide. You know, again, we're uh, using names mm-hmm. from other American Horror Story franchises. Good point. Good and point. then finally, Blake Shields is the guy who played Bob Birch. <laughs> and he's another 911 Lone Star uh, alumni. So, you know, a lot of Ryan Murphy, he's been using this show to kind of bring in people from his other properties who are not maybe typically American Horror Story people. Yeah. Um, and some, of course, who are. 
it's nice to see like him treating his employees and hiring them for other jobs and gigs to keep them employed that's nice it is nice you want to give us a quick run through the cold open yeah yeah and i would say this is probably one of the stronger casts that we've had um across the board for for an episode um yeah we open with uh a lawyer dad (laughs) uh his name's jay and the teacher mom and uh, as you said her name's addie and they're going camping at the Kern Canyon National Park to get away from work. Um, he's got a case that he's dealing with, and she's not going to grade, and they're, they're going to try to leave work behind. Um, they have a kid sitting in the back seat with a creepy Willard haircut, um, and his name is Jacob, and he's three years old. He's a, he's a little odd, um, but it's sweet to see the family. Anyway, um, we get a lot, a lot of hints and foreshadowing in the conversation about things that may come. Um, they hint at the bear attack possibly since they're so far out of civilization. But anyway, they set up camp in this gorgeous spot right next to like a lake or a pond, uh, right on the edge of the forest. Um, and then at nighttime we see someone kind of watching them. We don't know exactly what it is or who it is. We just kind of see a figure, um, watching them. Uh, the following day, um, I can't remember if it was the, the night before or the day of, um, the dad gives his son, Jay gives Jacob a compass, his Boy Scout compass, as a little gift. Um, a, a three-year-old using it? I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Um, anyway, and then they, um, th- th- that was before that. And then in the tent, the wife says she's happy and they should come back in 10 years, that obviously foreshadowing there. Uh, and the, and the next day the dad takes his son for a little fishing trip. They're playing hide and seek. Uh, while that's happening, Addie finds a blood trail that leads to a dead deer with its like throat ripped out or something hanging in a tree. Um, and we see the dad sort of lose the son like behind a tree, uh, essentially. And they're freaking out. They're looking for him, calling for him, uh, cannot find him. And that's the kind of end of the of the cold open and then we get the credits that that are what did you think about the credits again awesome yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think They're i wrote in my good. notes you know i'd watch an episode that is just one long credit sequence i think i mean it might make me like go crazy from like in drive-in from watching just weird things mishmash yeah. together but i do find them like really we've talked about this before every episode they like are engrossing mm-hmm. i feel like i want to like freeze every frame and see what's happening I mean, sometimes they might be a little even better than the episode. Was that too hard? <laughs> they might too be. harsh? <laughs> um, we should, at the end of this, uh, at the end of the season, um, rank our favorite opening credit sequences, like one to seven. Uh, or one to six, idea. I guess. That's a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyway. We should do that. A couple other things that I thought about mm-hmm. after watching the cold open. First one being, is there really any campsite in California that is this <laughs> empty? I mean, come on. Not during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> So that was wild. Um, also, like the fact that they were, or the fact that they were planning to, not only planning that they started banging right there with their kid and like that was weird. Tent. You don't. Do that, that was a little weird. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's not like it's a baby; it's a three-year-old. Like, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's not like you can't just. Yeah, that. that was a little creepy. Yeah. Did, so did did you? And it seems like you did. Did you also? Let me confirm this. Got creepy vibes from Jacob when he was in the car. Right. Yeah. That was intentional. Right. He was okay. a little. Yeah. A little creepy. The haircut, again, like I said, didn't help. <laughs> that finger-sucking thing, which we come back oh, to at the end, yeah. that was a little creepy. That's right. And also, because I thought I might be alone in that, but then one of our listeners, Bree, emailed and said she got those vibes, too, and it sounds like you did, too. So mm-hmm. everyone, it's okay to think that Jacob was a little creepy at the beginning, because I think that was supposed to be intentional foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, foreshadowing. And then, um, also, when they're kind of doing the, you know, 
Jacob runs a little bit ahead and then Jay finds him kind of thing. Um, Bryce mentioned in his email that he, he this scene reminded him of the scene in The Witch when Anya Taylor-Joy played mm-hmm. Peekaboo with her brother before he disappears. So it might have been a little homage there too, which right. was a great film. Great um, film. Yeah. So pretty solid cold open again. This this episode was again directed or again written, but also directed this time by Manny Cotto, who has He's, done the last three episodes. He's been yeah, prolific this season. Yeah, truly, this has been his whole series more so than a lot of other uh, directors get in an American Horror Story uh, regular season. So it's kind of cool, right? Exactly. It's been. I thought he's done a great job. Um, mm-hmm. Me too. And then after the cold after the uh, cold open, we jump again into the future, like we did last episode, I think. Ten years for last time it was sixteen months. This time it's ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that Jay and Abby look pretty darn good for only for yeah. having jumped ten years into the future. Yeah. So what are they supposed to? They 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 should have like de aged them a little bit in the earlier ones because in the earlier ones they look the same age. He's just a little more disheveled, and they argue. That's <laughs> exactly exactly. And this is when we kind of you know get the background that they never found Jacob, that it split up their marriage, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then of course you know everything changes because uh, this hunter dude, who Bob Birch. his name is yeah Birch, um, so he comes to visit Jay, and he's like, "I found a son, your son. Here's the picture. Here's a picture of him, and here's the compass. And the compass is supposed to be like the killer thing." So if you pay me ten thousand dollars, I'll come guide you through the woods, and you know he probably is getting human tra- He probably has been human trafficked for the past ten years by the pot you know, farmers who are connected um, to the cartel. Which yeah, which okay. man, that's a little. If he'd been much. trafficked for the past ten years, he might not have too much of him left. But man, yeah, <laughs> pretty disturbing. Yeah, um, but of course he goes and pulls Addy into it, who's doing some very depressing real estate job somewhere in like these box, you know, kind of. Um, living out of boxes or something yeah it was kind of i was kind of yeah. confused on what her situation was but obviously neither are truly happy she doesn't want her heart ripped out again because every time uh jay finds a lead on something she gets excited only to get let down and for 10 years that's completely understandable to be mm-hmm. kind of just say no but but he does convince her <laughs> what did you think of birch through all this i mean he was uh, he, um the, the the purpose of his character I think is a is fun and interesting and it adds a good twist. Um, I think the actor was like perfect for the, for that type of a hunter role. And you telling me that he's on nine one one Lone Star if he's in that one, whichever one he's in, like he fits yeah, a, uh, he fits Lone that Star, type of a character for sure. Um, uh, I, I thought he was kind of funny. Um, they, I don't think that it's completely set up and earned his twist at the end. They. You know, it's it. I really hate, and when we get to it, but I, I really hate when the bad guy has to explain what he's doing instead oh, of man. like our characters like discovering it themselves <laughs> or being skeptical. Or, you know, we don't really have any clues that he's lying. But yeah, mm-hmm, so okay. we'll get there in a sec. Yeah, it was part <laughs> of the episode too. I agree. Um, but you know, they're getting to the forest, and this is when we see get the first glimpse of the ferals. Um, when they're kind of moving past some trees after they've argued, and then we like see the trees move, which. <laughs> That was creepy as hell. I thought that that was awesome. I I said this. I wrote that was that was a good jump scare because uh, they had the one in the foreground, but then there was the one in the background that you did see. I went I, I went back and rewatched it though. The dude is literally just sitting on a tree stump, like freezing, like posing. <laughs> if you even <laughs> examined it just a little bit, you'd be like, dude, that's a human. But it still scared <laughs> me. Uh, so I, that was pretty cool. The, the the costuming and the makeup in this episode was fantastic. Right. I, I thought it was still effective. Um, 
Not long after that, we arrive at the camp, or, you know, at the ranger site where we run into Cody Fern, Stan the man. Um, he's kind of a odd duck living in the woods by himself for a decade. He, we find out, you know, he gives all the background that he was there the night Jacob disappeared. Um, you know, it, it seems like some of the creatures like threw stones at him or something like that. And then he saw it like carrying, carrying it, uh, Jacob through the woods and he went out on one of the reconnaissance. Um, missions with the military and stuff. He he gives a whole lot of background info. Maybe too much background info. Classic American um, Horror Story flashback when he you know talks about that night, and it, it was okay to work I, in this situation. But I might be jumping ahead too to when he gives yeah. more background later in the he, because he just has a couple scenes where he gets yeah. a lot of exposition background, which you know more or less whether you know it was effective that we kind of get so much backstory there. Yeah, um, one 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 thing of note on some of these backstories, and they, they keep hinting at uh, Bigfoot, which is where I thought this originally was going to go. Uh, and I actually would love a Bigfoot movie; that'd be you know really cool. Um, this obviously went the more traditional wrong turn yeah. cannibal family route, but for so many mentions of Bigfoot in this episode, I thought we would. I mean, we get that one big dude at the end, but um, anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, of course, you know, Birch waves it all off. He's like, this guy's speaking nonsense. And then he leads them to a massacre, effectively. A massacre. Yeah. <laughs> Dead bodies everywhere. And that's to your point when he kind of goes on his little thing of this was my whole plan and now it's foiled. Why is everybody dead? I faked the photo and the compass. I made a deal with the cartel. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Fuck you, Yeah, Bob. it was <laughs> indeed. Also, yeah, exactly. It's like. Him having to to give it all, like give his plan away. I mean, it was very predictable to a certain extent. Like you, I was. I don't know about you. I was not exactly surprised when we find out this is his plan. Yeah. Um, but the way that I thought the guy did a fine acting job up until this point, but maybe he he just wasn't given a lot with the script here. But like having to tell them what what he was planning to do felt, I don't know, <laughs> it felt out of place. Yeah, and I was sort of confused too. Like, so he was going to give them the ten thousand dollars and the them as people for trafficking and their credit cards they could keep. But what I don't, it was yeah. This 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 is where I got a little sloppy. It did for a moment, and then uh, Bob gets eaten alive, and that's when we see the ferals <laughs> for the first time, or at least one of the ferals who is apparently posing with the dead yeah, bodies. They love pre- it. In in wait, lying in wait for them to come find them, so it can. Bite his neck. Uh, yep. yep. His, his throat out of his neck, basically. Um, yeah, so the, you know, and then Jay and Jay and Addie make a run back to Stan, uh, Stan and that's when he, he opens his locker with all those shotguns and um, kind of gives us our whole back. This is when he gives us our whole background on the, real the national parks are actually like, you know, they're game wardens for these weird evolved people um, that are in, maybe they're inbred, maybe they're genetically mutated. Um, one thing he said is that over 2,000 people have vanished from the national parks over the years, which really is not that many if you think of over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly uh, these creatures very rarely get out of line um, and only take like one. If this is what they really sustain themselves on, they must do a lot more eating of deer and things like that. For the most yeah. Part. And he said, um, you know, after the after a person does go missing, the containment you know, crew or whatever, go in and cull the population of the feral uh, so it doesn't get out of hand, out of hand and stuff. Um, it was interesting. I just hate that we have to see it in, in a, a, a flashback. Um, 
but I also <laughs> I hate it when you watch like a small like what could be a really small type of a spooky scary horror story and oh actually it's a conspiracy that goes all the way to the top like that <laughs> and but and but this one little park ranger does know about it and he's going to tell you by just pointing a gun at you or and he has no well, yeah and he and his only way to get resources is the is the little hand radio yeah um <laughs> that stops working which again that i think that's a shining reference too you know the mm. hand radio is the only way out of it and it's not going to help you this time um so meanwhile when jay and Addie are reconciling finally after you know basically being bummed that they broke up in the first place and you know, reflecting on Jacob being gone, uh, we get a creepy ass scene of a pharaoh like hanging from the roof. Um, um, do you did you feel like it was a good uh, reference or nod to Hereditary? I did. I think Bryce sent us an email saying the exact same thing. Oh, so really? One hundred percent. I have page. not read the emails. I promise you, people. I I, I come oh, no, into it no, blind. It's true. It's true. I bring the I bring the emails and share the things with Chris for the first time. So yeah. I think you guys are on the same page there with that. Um, and I thought it was creepy. So I also thought it was you know it's reflective of murder. You know, rubber woman when we have mm. the like on on the ceiling mm-hmm. there too. And I think also in Apocalypse, there is rubber mans on the ceiling. Some, so we've seen this kind of thing happen, but right. it's always creepy as hell when the angle changes and you see somebody you know, on the I ceiling in the room. It's so spooky. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then suddenly they, they're there. You know, they break into the house. Um, what weird-ass things. You know, I thought the makeup work here was actually quite good. Well, and they're all different characters. They're, it's not just like one homogenous, uniform, standard look for each person like you might see in you know, a zombie movie or something like that. These people had like unique, like attachments and sizes and hair and garb. It was really cool. Well done. And then there's like the, the really big one. That's like the old man. That, yeah. Like Paul Bunyan. Yeah, I, mother- <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another thing that Bryce pointed out, too, is that we've, this uh, you know, rem- they're kind of reminiscent of the Polk family from Roanoke. You know, we have a little bit of Roanoke vibes here, too. We're in the forest. Um, we have a little bit of a backwoods family, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, uh, I continue to be net little nods to our typical, uh, our old school American Horror Story seasons. Uh, but then we see Stan Eaton Alive, which happened quite quick. I didn't expect him to go that fast. I don't know where a shotgun went, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, uh, this is where the, mo- or the this episode really just like just starts moving honestly too fast. <laughs> like things are just happening really quickly, and that's kind of been a um, one of my critiques on a lot of these episodes. Good build up, and then when the action starts happening, because they got to fit it into forty minutes or whatever, it just goes boom, 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 boom. And you're like, what? <laughs> yep, it happens very fast. They book it as the ferals eat what's left of Stan, and then of course they're surrounded in the woods with a boy on a throne of skulls and we learn quite quickly that it's Jacob something you know king of the in that ten- feral king of the ferals in that decade he's gotten a little uh maybe it's just lack of proper dental hygiene or something like that but he 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 looks a little inbred himself at this point in time um and then i thought it was a pretty some pretty great lines here the that big paul bunyan dude you were talking about comes in and he's like you know who are these people and you know, they're begging for Jacob at the time to save them. And kind of for a second, for a flash, you think he's going to say, you know, they're my parents or whatever. But nope, I think he just says dinner, right? And then they converge and eat him. And he, yep. I think a little fleck of blood lands on his lip and he licks his finger just like at the very beginning in the car. So, mm-hmm. you know, nice, nice yep. full circle moment there. <laughs> what did you think about how yeah, that ended was, with Jacob? Um, it happened very fast. Uh, <laughs> um, 
you know, it, I, I kind of got um, almost like midsummer vibes too. Like, you know, like this yeah. cult of people and, and love that movie. Th- yeah. That's another really good one. Um, uh, I, I, w- I was sad, you know, I mean, it, this is, this is an interesting episode because I think this is the darkest, most bleak ending we've had. Uh, there's no hint of like afterlife ghost and I can be happy there or, you know, whatever, like the, the family's dead, like, and the, and their child who they've been searching for for 10 years is essentially responsible for sending them to their death. Um, and that's gotta hurt. Yeah, the family, the family's dead and they're, they're not terrible people who are dead. Like in, yeah. Um, the episode with the fantastic four, you know? Yeah, I, it got me thinking about what what's the message of this film, or you know, I, we call them films, episodes, whatever. Um, this standalone piece, because um, traditional Ryan Murphy, there's parenting themes, of course, and relationships. Um, but I couldn't really figure out what the lesson is here. Um, you know, the, the the couple they reconcile with each other and they're in a better place. Um, Jay when he apologizes at the end, he literally just reiterates what she accused him of like 10 minutes before when they're hiking on the way in. I thought that was a little lame, but (laughs) repeats it like right back to her. Yeah. Yeah, It just regurgitates her words right back to her. I'm sorry. I did exactly all these things. X, Y, Z. Um, but I don't think anything they did would change the outcome. Like they were going to die no matter what. So, um, I wonder if it's more of a nature versus nurture type thing because their son was removed um that nurture is actually pretty important and because he was nurtured by the cannibals by the ferals that he doesn't have that you know connection to his parents that you know most you read stories about or see news reports about kids who go missing or get kidnapped and they come back a couple years later or they're found or something like that it's wonderful and they do reconnect with their parents and there's just that bond that parent the parental bond with their child that you hope is very very strong and in this situation it seems like it wasn't or or the only other thing I thought was this kid was just really messed up early on and they didn't give us enough clues of how messed up and weird he was that he yeah. wouldn't care if his parents lived or died or he wanted them to die. He wanted to feed his new family. Um, right. What do you think? No, I think you're totally right. And I like that nature versus nurture theme that you're teasing out. You know, it makes me think back to the car ride at the beginning where we get some hints from both Abby and Jay that they work a ton, right? Yeah. And so I think we're supposed to get the vibe that maybe they haven't given Jacob a whole lot of attention up until now. Um, And I mean, you know, I think Jay taking him fishing, maybe it's like, it's even even the night before when the family's hanging out in the campsite they're like drinking wine and like they seem pretty they're not really that focused not that not that you can't drink wine and like have a good time with your kid but they don't seem that focused on they seem more focused on each other than they do Mm -hmm. really even on jacob um you know maybe he maybe he's maybe he was kind of neglected a little bit up until this point and then maybe he landed in the hands of the ferals and maybe they were a lot more attentive to him after that point you know yeah, I well, and that's so. Here's a question that I had: Why did they kidnap Jacob to begin with, and not just eat him? If they're cannibals, what were they looking like? That's the whole thing. I was like, why would they kidnap a kid, a three year old, to right. make him their king? Well, or? yeah, good question. I, I think that's that's an outstanding question. I don't have an answer to. I mean, <laughs> it makes you think maybe they have some bit of humanity to them that they didn't just brutally slaughter a kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe children don't have enough meat on the bones to feed everybody in the feral colony. <laughs> Hard to say. Also, why would you, you know, do your marijuana farm in an area where clearly people are getting murdered and go missing? 
<laughs> I guess. Well, I guess it's because it's supposed to be illegal. Yeah, you know they, that was a re- that was a built-in risk when they decided to uh, move forward with the yeah. the cartel decided to move forward with that plan. Well, you know, and I think similar that, to similar to Ozark, you know, when you, you they mm-hmm. have a whole clash with the folks in the Ozarks, you know, those are inherent risks. The agreed. Um, the uh, another little critique that this episode, because of all things, we could have used a little bit more. And I, I don't want to show where we get every single answer. You know, people, you know, that's, that's just not, you got to leave some stuff out there unanswered. But what would be nice is to have an episode, like just if they had just about seven or eight more minutes on this episode where we could like draw the ending out a little better and maybe put one or two scenes in earlier to make sure the payoff works and is earned for some of these like really cool ideas that are twists and, and the the bleak, unhappy ending it, it would make a, it would hit a little harder maybe um yeah i think that's exactly right and i think you're you're getting it where i thought i really enjoyed this episode getting like cutting to the chase i thought it was a too. fun story and i think me in too. a lot of ways it was more understated than the other episodes mm-hmm. we've seen this season in that it wasn't hitting you over the head with something um and it i think that actually it served it really well mm-hmm. but to your point and i actually i really love the ending too i thought coming back to jacob and him like having no empathy for his parents was like a cool twist that i enjoyed mm-hmm. but i do wish we had more time building up to that in the latter half of the episode versus the time spent with the kind of exposition and with birch and just reflecting on you know how much jay blamed himself and everything kind of toward the beginning of the episode or maybe even the camping scene I don't know, maybe that drew on too long and he should have like gotten kidnapped the first night or something like that. I think it's just hard when it's compact. I think this episode was only 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's a lot to, you know, that's a lot to pack in. And I feel like I, I agree that the, the kind of final follow through, which is the part I enjoyed the most, happened the fastest and didn't really, it was it was good, but it had the potential to be great and it didn't quite fulfill it. Right. So act, Yeah, I'll say act one could have ended where uh, Birch dies. Act two should end where um, Stan dies, and Act three was is then like running and then ending up stumbling right into the king's throne. That would be like the finale act or something like that if we were gonna stretch it out. But Act one took forever. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, again, I'm, we're, I'm we're, like you said. I'm saying all this stuff, but I really liked this episode though. It was it was good. So I'll give. What should we give the ranking or the rating for this? That's a good question. We could do. Uh, um, Boy Scout Skull compasses. Thrones. Boy, <laughs> Boy Scout Compasses, Skull Thrones. Uh, I could go either way. Uh, illegal Pot Farms. Illegal Pot Farm. Um, uh, dead Deer and Trees. <laughs> no, dead, dead Deer Heads and Trees. Um, how about Feral Boy Kings? Okay, Feral Boy Kings. <laughs> um, I give this three and a half Feral Boy Kings out of five. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I thought it was solid. It was good. We have some, you know, there's some issues here or there, but I agree with you. I like a simplified, streamlined story that didn't throw ghosts at us, also, in addition to aliens and um, uh, like demons. Three characters that didn't matter. Yeah. And demons. You know, it's it's kind of nice to have a, a, a kind of a straightforward story for the most part. What would you give it? I'm going to give it four. I think that like I, there were so many elements I really did like about it, and I did think the acting was terrific overall. Yes, like I thought Cody Fern was excellent and weird and mm-hmm. awesome. I thought Aaron Teviot, uh, Aaron Teviot, and um, oh, what was Addie's? Uh, uh, Tiffany Dupont. I thought they had a great dynamic, did a good job. They, they were good. 
Birch was Birch. He, he did his thing. He did his thing. <laughs> it was thing. fine. Um, and the Ferals were all great. And the kid who played Jacob, especially at the end, was excellent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just didn't quite stick the landing because it happened too fast toward the end. It was so close. And it could have been... It could have been like a 4.75 flirting with a full five if it had been just a little bit, Yeah, I don't know, if we had a little bit more at the end and a little bit less at the beginning, but not quite there. But I think four is still really solid, and it was, a, it was an enjoyable episode for sure with a lot of nods to a lot of other uh, movies and series I've enjoyed. I'm going to want to probably go reevaluate my rank my ratings over the all these episodes uh, once we're done. So now that I have more of a... Um, a baseline and a ceiling for what these are because <laughs> coming in a final is kind of tough i think i was i think i've been too harsh because i talk about what i like a lot but i i think my ratings have been reflected a little bit lower so i, I might go re, redo those revisit them at, at uh, yeah let's do it let's revisit them next week kind of as we yeah. wrap up and kind of reflect on the first season of american horror stories uh anything else about this episode you wanted to cover no, it was fun. I like how eclectic the 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 series has been. It's we're all over the place. Um, I mean, like you said, we're gonna go probably back to Murder House uh, again uh, next week. So I'm interested to see what stories we have left to tell there. Totally, and hopefully there's some good ones. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you between now and next week, Chris? I will be on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Usted, Chris with a K. Uh, how about you, Tyler? You can find me on both of those platforms as well at uh, the handle at TJMoss11. Uh, you can also reach out to us via email at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. Um, you know, thanks so much for listening. It's been a fun season. We're excited to uh, kind of wrap up stories next week, and you can expect our preview of American Horror Story double feature coming later this week. Until then, folks, happy huntings.